0: Hello, everybody. Uh, just a couple quick updates before we get started in this uh, really exciting episode of the bullpen. Right now at Nebraska Bull Service, uh, the bulls are rolling in really fast. So uh, call out there and get your slots reserved because uh, even though we have expanded and have this new buildings, we're going to we're going to we're going to fill up. Uh, and one other thing, uh, out of Nebraska Bull Service, we're expanding. So we are looking currently for two or three really good employees. And, no, you don't have to be vaccinated to come work for us. Uh, you just need to be handy and uh, be able to work with bulls and and uh, work with a great team environment uh, and have some ambition. Uh, it's a great opportunity for some folks out uh, in the southwest Nebraska area to join a great team and, and work for us and help us expand. Back here in southeastern Nebraska, Vulgar Siemens Center uh cows are rolling in for the ivf and that's going really well uh and also here was the bulls are starting to come in even though it's uh kind of early yet just uh, the first part of september things are looking really good and the crops are turning uh harvest is going to be starting here in two or three weeks so uh things are good things are w- really fortunate sit back today uh folks take a listen to this episode of the bullpen because trust me uh this is something you're all going to want to uh Listen probably more than once so you get all the facts because uh, we've got two really exciting guests with us in here today. Okay, hey, uh, everybody. Welcome to the bullpen today. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, got a couple really, really good, uh, great guests in here. And I'm going to, since I'm horrible at reading bios and getting names right and everything, I'm just going to uh, go ahead and, and turn it over to... Uh, the first and uh, nothing against second guest, but probably the main guest in here today uh, is Brent. Go ahead, Brent. Give us tell us a little bit about you.
1: Sure, thanks, Les, and it's uh, great to be here. So I uh, currently serve as a state senator in the state of Nebraska, and I'm in my seventh year of a eight eight year uh, tour, if you will. Yeah, uh, we have term limits in Nebraska, and mm-hmm. so I'll be going into my last session in January. All, you...
0: Already, you're you're young. It
1: goes quick. It goes quick. Yeah. Uh, 40, but it,
0: yeah. it's, uh, yeah, like I said, you're young.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll go back, actually, we're going back into special session on Monday to do the redistricting. Okay. So we've never, none of us in the legislature have been through that, but, uh, you know, my background is in investments and then, uh, ran for office back in 2014, mm-hmm. was elected my, my first term and then second term in 2018. Uh, and then just as of uh, about seven, eight weeks ago, I uh, decided to make my announcement on my run for governor. And been traveling okay. the States. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So we've been we've been out on the campaign trail really talking about the issues that uh, I think are important mm-hmm. and, and some of the subject matter that we'll probably cover cover today yeah. um, with the show. But it's been pretty fascinating to get a lay of the land of, of the struggles and the challenges that we're facing at the state level particularly in the cattle industry.
0: Wonderful, wonderful. So Brent, I mean you gave your bio there, but We just called you Brent. What's your last name? Lindstrom. There we go. We (laughs) got to have that. So Brent Lindstrom and you're running for governor.
1: Right. So we, uh, yeah, State Senator Brent Lindstrom running for governor.
0: (laughs) We got, we got to get that part in there. (laughs) That's right. right. That's right. Right. So uh, a little bit of family history, Brent. Yeah. uh,
1: So my family's from Oakland, Nebraska. That's where the Lindstrom side is from and come from an egg background. Uh, I grew up in Omaha, but my my dad grew up on the farm uh, in, in Oakland and his dad and his dad and so we've been around for several generations then my mom was born in O'Neill Nebraska all right and her family's also ag in the Bassett Mm -hmm. area and actually just came came from O'Neill and and Bassett here last week we were there and uh, so my it's you know growing up in Omaha and then getting uh, spent a lot of time in the ag community just with my my family and my uncle still farms there and so having a perspective of both sides in a mm-hmm. sense uh, um, helps, but I'm always learning new new things that are coming right. out and coming up, and we're always dealing with with issues in the state and uh, you know some of those issues that we're facing, and we can talk about those here in a little bit. But it's it, it's been good to talk with ranchers across the state and cattle producers on the challenges that they're facing. And I think we may have some solutions or at least awesome. be able awesome. to work towards those solutions. Yep.
0: Solutions are great, are great. So the other guests in here today, uh, some of you folks that have listened before uh, are really going to enjoy him because I know you enjoyed the heck out of him last time. <laughs> and uh, I call him Sirebar Mike. Sirebar Mike. Mike is in the house. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so give us, if for the folks that didn't, maybe haven't caught the last episode or sure it wasn't the last one but a few ones ago, give us a little bit about your bio. Oh, my bio. Well, I live in Nebraska. I grew up over... <laughs> <laughs> I, never, never would have guessed. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I grew up over by the Branstoke Loc- uh, Lake area, kind of Seward, David City, Garland, Malcolm, all that. Okay, so I'm not too far from even Omaha here. So I grew up out here, went to the University of Nebraska, probably the same time you were there, Brett, yeah. and then Brent. And then... Uh, Let's think. I mean, uh, I don't run Sire Buyer. It's my full-time job now, and um, that, it's been awesome. It's the coolest thing ever. Love to see how it's been growing. Never would have thought it would have ever did that, and it's just awesome. It's fun what you can do. You put your foot on the gas and pray, and boom, you know? You kind of you kind of took that leap a few years ago, right? Yep, yep. I used to do music. I know every, you yep. know, we, uh, yeah. you know. We'll get into that later. Uh, yep. Yeah. I'm retired from that probably about five years ago. It uh, was... Some you know, I have talked about this. Yeah. I think enough. Well, let's go right over that. But um, I loved being back involved with cattle, and in my state, I'm starting to get involved a lot more on the cattle side politically, mm-hmm. and trying to get things going to help. Cattle, we see a lot of stuff just like right. you do on the real world right. of this yep. thing, and we got a lot of drama going. We got right. scared people, right. and um, I'm really glad we're here today to talk about all this, yep. especially with you being here, because I know we've talked about this a yep. lot just privately, and
0: um, we got to make some stuff happen. S- some so. stuff's got to change and hopefully, yep. yeah. And uh, that's that's so uh, that's why uh, Brent's in here today to maybe show us some solutions, kind of show us maybe some of the platform he's. Uh, He's going to be running on for governor of the great state of Nebraska and some of the things that he's done (laughs) in the Senate. Uh, Mm -hmm. So – Mike, Brent, just go ahead and get started. Well, if you have any, have any questions, I, I,
2: I want to start off. Is that okay? Gunner? Oh yeah, go ahead. I don't want to interrupt our no, governor. You're- <laughs> okay, I we get calls all the time with a little bit of confusion on some of this stuff with mm-hmm. these packing houses. I think they all get we're getting nailed here. Right, but there are some things with names, places, things. I'll set the table a little bit for you, okay, and then you can kind of fill in the gaps, you know. But they call them the Big Four. And there's four packing houses right now, and they're running about 80%. I wrote some of this stuff down. Uh, They're running 80% of the livestock processing, of the whole world, okay? They uh, they say 35 million processed per year, so that's a lot. That's a lot. So it's Tyson Foods, and IBP bought them, and China owns about 30% of IBP. So I think they're pretty much in the door on Tyson at this point in time. Cargill, which is still family-owned, right? But... There's some stuff going on with that recently. I don't know how that'll go. JBS, now that, um, that is Brazil. That's brand by Brazil. And they process most of all of the beef. You know, I mean, they, they're dominating the beef field, right? And then now National Beef Packing Company Corporation, so NBPC or whatever, Brazil. Mm-hmm. And now they're saying Smithfield's coming on in. And, you know, so we might have the big five here. Now Smithfield is all China. Right. Okay, so these people are kind of built a team. It's called NAMA, and it's the Northern American Meat Institute. Now, this institution is there to protect them. That's it, it, exactly what it is. They are there to make sure all these guys keep going. They can maintain what's going on. Right mm-hmm. now, the USDA oversees all of these meat packing plants. Okay, they're supposed to make sure everything's done fair. There's already been laws on the books to make sure that none of these monopolies happen. None of this price fixing happens. Okay, I don't think they've done the best job. They've been passing legislation now to remind everybody we have legislation, but they still won't. uh, Now, these these packing plants are are following all the laws. They're not doing anything abnormal here. But there are some things the USDA could be doing where I'm very disappointed in a lot of this stuff. We'll get into that later. But we are represented by the NCBA. Okay. And they just, this the other day, they said that they have this climate neutrality goal for 2040. Okay. But where is the market neutrality goal, Bill? that they're trying to pass today. It's just funny to me that these, like, everyone's working on the problem, but they're going around it. Like, let's not talk about the big the elephant in the room. We'll we'll talk about the climate goals. Well, that's great. I'm all about it. But we need to address this stuff now because less of my jobs are about to get smaller and smaller and smaller because people are getting rid of their animals at this point. Right. right. And I I we we did talk a lot about what exposed a lot of this publicly was the fire at Tyson. Okay. The COVID when all the workers couldn't work that happened in our state, they basically couldn't work for like a week or two, right? Uh-huh. And then what was the third thing? There was a third thing. There's something else that happened. Uh oh, ransomware attacks at JBS. Mm-hmm. Remember all that? Right. It's like, oh, we we own you. Give us the you know, remember all the it was bad. Okay. We have a problem here because all three of those things leveled the food supply for everybody, okay? The USDA is supposed to make sure that doesn't happen, but it did, right? It did happen. So that's pretty alarming to all of us, okay? The problem with all that really was, I think, the eye-opener, why this has gotten to be such a heated thing was when all those things were going down, the ransomware, the fires, COVID, beef prices skyrocketed. And our calves, when we were selling them in town, and our steers, the guys are selling, were the lowest they've ever been in a long time. We are not, (laughs) that is not supposed to happen, right? Right. And so that's, I think, where I'll hand it off to you because there's lots of cool things that I know we've talked about and to help solve this in the the state and the federal level. Okay, I'll hand it off to my buddy here.
1: You know, it really comes out, and you touched on an issue that, when, anytime I've dealt in the last seven years as a legislator, and and uh, it's very prominent, it all comes down to power and money, right? Yeah. So when you talked about the four packers, you talk about maybe the fifth, it all comes down to power and money. And so are they really looking out for the producers across the state? I can tell you as I've traveled, it does not feel that way. And I've been you know in ranch country, Sand Hills, Whitney, Shadron, uh, was in the Valentine talking to... To ranchers there and to your point mike they are feeling extremely squeezed by the big four packers and whether they're moving towards that vertical integration uh you did see prices go up i went and bought a steak the other day and we could touch on the country of origin mm-hmm. yeah. uh issue too but it was pretty interesting what i saw it was a, a usda label it had united states i think it said produced or it was something mm-hmm. some de- descriptive thing in there but yeah. it did not tell me that it was Nebraska beef it did not tell me that it was Nebraska beef right um and that is a huge issue that's that is very prominent when i've been talking to ranchers and so making sure you know when you talk about uh, this this monopoly or the the power structure anytime we have those things we need to make sure that we have a disruptor in that and i'm pretty excited about the conversations i've had uh traveling the state particularly in north platte nebraska where they are looking at and moving towards doing a, a packing uh, plant out there. And those are the things those are, those are the things that we need to replicate across the state to make sure that those producers we create uh, competition and people have the ability to get their product to market versus letting, uh, letting pro- uh, product just sit there. And that, that ties into also your your exports and opening up new trade deals. I know South Korea and Japan right now are are two of the are two of the biggest, but we have opportunities in Southeast Asia with mm-hmm. the growing middle class. We just have to make sure that ranchers can get their product, particularly Nebraska ranchers, and make sure that we people know that yeah, we have Nebraska, so they beef. can
0: get their Nebraska beef, whether it's served here in Nebraska or overseas. Because, yeah. quite honestly, folks, Nebraska beef. I love the United States, but Nebraska beef is the best beef you're going to have. Go go to Texas. Texas is a great state, but I dare you to have a steak in Texas and come back to Nebraska and tell me that, you know, which steak is better. It's obviously the one fed here in Nebraska. There's no doubt.
1: Well, anytime you have anybody come to Nebraska that's from outstate, yeah, they, they, they come and they ask, where should I get a steak? Because right. we are known as being yeah, the beef state. exactly. And, you know, we don't need to be all things to all people as far no. as our industry but we sure sure should take advantage of what we right. do the best at, and right. that's Nebraska beef.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Our states ran off Nebraska beef. Absolutely, it's the number one yeah. gainer grower of our economy right. here.
1: Absolutely, and I, I do think with that North Platte packing, the innovative approach and the tracking and what they're doing, and mm-hmm. we've talked about that uh, being able to trace that back to the ranch that it was. Yeah, so that so it came from
0: exactly. So you know, it all goes back to consumer. We need to make the consumers happy. Uh, c- c- in the law, in, in, in the end run, but us as producers, we need to be compens, compensated for that too. Yeah. So, I mean, so Brent, go. I mean, going forward, some of that. I mean, what are some of your? I mean, do you have some things kind of? on the burner or something that you're kind of thinking maybe to kind of help promote Nebraska? beef. Yeah. I think a there's bit. a couple
1: of things in the short term that, you know, we talk about these issues, often policy issues in short term, long, intermediate, long-term. And what can we do right away? I mean, I, we've talked about a few issues with K through 12 and the schools across the state. I think an easy thing is to make sure that our uh, schools across the state are using Nebraska beef. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you talk about the, the fake meat that's being produced out there. We don't tax that. You know, if it's going to be an even playing field and we have this promotion of, hey, this is meat, then that particular, that fake meat needs to be taxed. And really it comes down to making sure that we cut the red tape. Mm-hmm. If if producers out there are having a problem getting their product to market, then we obviously as a government and as a state need to make sure that we are reducing any of that red tape so they have the ability to get their product out and to consumers. And if we do that, that steak that we're talking about that was, you know, few extra dollars going through COVID and the other Mm -hmm. things where we saw that jump and getting squeezed at the bottom, those prices will come down. Anytime we we, supply side economics, anytime you get uh, supply side and then the demand and we can produce that and get that out. It helps the consumer ultimately. And then making sure that our, our producers, our cattle producers are able to make a profit. Right. And, and that ties into a whole host of things with property tax and those issues oh, as well. Yeah, and, and, and we're going to make sure we tackle that and make, make sure that. Uh,
0: so so just, just so I'm clear with some of this. So what you're saying is there is a program in the works maybe going to go through the Senate floor or whatever. K through 12. So the, the kids are going to school here in Nebraska will be served, whether it be Nebraska beef, Nebraska chicken or Nebraska pork is kind of what you're. Yeah. And we'll do. go
1: back into session in January. So uh-huh. we're going back in a special to read district special session on Monday. But as we move forward into January, we're going to definitely be looking at doing those things.
0: So that's so right now, where is that meat? Where Where is that food coming from? Just anywhere?
1: Well, I think it's it's the same thing that comes back to what, what meat is on the shelf right now. When you go right. to the store, you don't know. Right. And I think it's. Uh, I, well, one, it's an economic driver. Yeah. You, you talk about kids going to school and I've, again, traveling the state and some of the towns. I mean, more than anything is making sure that, uh, you know, the population is growing with the small towns. We have economic development there. And this really does tie in being the beef state, being the number one leader in this. It goes hand in hand. Yeah. You cannot survive without making sure that that our producers are in, involved in the economy, that are leading the economy here. And to be able to just use those the products at our at, our, at the education level, and, and a lot of those kids will end up working on the ranch, right. eating the same beef that they were part of that uh, yeah. ranch farm.
0: Just one more thought on my part before yeah. I turn this back over to to you, Mike. But to me, that that is an absolute fabulous idea, and especially if we if we could get that passed or whatever, and then maybe start going around to some of these. Some of these uh, schools in in the bigger cities in Omaha and Lincoln and educating the kids that are eating these meals, let them know how good that real meat tastes. Absolutely. You know, let them know how, because many of them, when they go home, they're not going to get the opportunity to have as good a meal as they're getting at school. Mm -hmm. You know, face it, that's, you know, and during COVID, a lot of them, that was a problem. When they go to school, if if they're getting Nebraska beef, Nebraska products, they're going to have some of the most nutritious Best tasting meals they had, but and, but we has egg people. We need to we need to somehow educate them. Go in there in schools. Hey, you know where this is coming from? Here, let me scan this. We we got an app mm-hmm. we can scan. Let me show you the rancher to raise this. Mm-hmm. This doesn't just happen overnight. We need they need to know, and I think that's absolutely fantastic. Well,
1: they need to know, and what's interesting about that? and You try to meet kids now, yeah, you know, the kids these days, yeah, um, with their devices. I know that there are a lot of a lot of younger farmers, a lot of farmers and ranchers out there that are actually, because I witnessed this, I was out in Seward and they're, they became very popular, kind of nationally known, but they're uh, three brothers that put these YouTube channels out mm-hmm. to show people just don't know where their food comes from, right? especially in Omaha and Lincoln. And I think tying that in to have an appreciation of where it comes from, mm-hmm. that it's Nebraska, that uh, there's a whole other world out there outside of Omaha and Lincoln. And yeah. it's a huge economic driver and where it comes from. And I think Kids being engaged in that and I think some of those kids that are producing those YouTube videos that are showing where it comes from is is hugely important and have an yep. appreciation of what right.
0: you're eating. And if it's and if it's going on here in Omaha and Lincoln, you know, the flyover state in Nebraska, imagine what it's like, New York, California, all these other states where they have really, really no I no idea.
1: No. So and wouldn't but and not only just Nebraska, but letting people know that Nebraska feeds the world. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, we do.
2: Well, one thing to notice, too, you guys are talking about fake meat. The main investors of fake meat are the big four. And that's, you know, all, all these cattle guys are arguing about, oh, we need to get our packet, you know, get this under control. Well, they're making moves all the way to the left of you just to get rid of the whole product, yeah. right? And you got billion-dollar investors in other worlds of Microsoft and all these other things that are helping fund that for them. And so they're covering their butts on this one already. Right. So there's that. The other thing Les, you brought up like messaging. I you know I came back to the cattle world and so I'm learning. Mm-hmm. I don't know everything, but I've been totally stunned with the amount of zero messaging coming out of the cattleman world. We don't educate people about our products at all. We don't educate it, like there's no reality television shows about farming, about the family farm, about building You can't expect these people in Northside, Queens, New York or Beverly Hills, California to understand what we do if we don't educate them. I know what they're all doing because they got great TV shows. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they explain it to you, you know, like this is who we are. This is what we do. We don't do that. No, we do not do that. No. And we don't even do it. In our own if state. it is done, and you let Hollywood get a hold of that, and I can testify to that here, we're going to have straw hats and straw sticking out of our mouths. It's not going to be represented in a truthful way. No. You know, there's a lot of responsibility we need to take as cattlemen for that. I don't think we filled that void. It, they filled it for us. We no. did not take advantage of branding our product and or, or you know messaging it. Okay, you know, you brought up the uh, the state, Nebraska, Nebraska schools need to be eating Nebraska beef. That goes for the universities, too. Right. right? And we need to tell those people where they're getting their product from. We don't even know. I mean, this is kind of how far out of bounds we've got. I mean, that is kind of like an obvious like that isn't happening. No, you're probably getting it from Brazil, where the beef is not regulated. They aren't doing any blood type on the animals. They're not doing any DNA on the animals. We're getting nailed with all these regulations on these animals. Blood type, DNA, genomics, everything has to be done. If something's wrong with that animal, you can't process it. Uh, what's coming in here? Well, what What is coming I, into this country? We don't even know. Well, and by the way, they own one of the, yeah, the four. That's, yeah, yeah. So, they own two of the four.
1: Two of the four. So So, again comes down back, back to power money. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, promoting that is, but that is, that is a first step in, in doing that as far as Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And, and the problem is even bigger than that because you're talking about the federal delegation needing to get involved as well mm-hmm. with the world trade organization. And there needs to be a, a, a cohesive stance on this, not only at the state level, but also from the feds. And I know there's a couple senators, um, in uh grassley and and in iowa and and i think in south dakota one that are trying to promote these things but this needs to be a full-on effort from a lot of the midwest states a lot of the states that are big uh, cattle producers sure uh, producing states
2: you know you're running for governor which is a good thing they there's there's a there's governors right now trying to form this coalition to demand investigators in the usda investigate this thing they keep Putting it up that they're going to do it, and it just falls through the table. And there's governors right now that are kind of getting behind this. Okay, I think when you're running for governor, you need to demand these other boys answer that question, mm-hmm. because there's guys who have a lot of investment in livestock running for governor of our state right now, and it is not time to be, you know, messing around anymore. We need to know. Yeah. So I just ask you. I know we're friends too, bro, but. I want you to, to make them answer that. I want to hear what they're going to say. Are they going to get behind this stuff? I mean, these guys have investments in packing houses, not uh, Pillin. You know, I don't know Pillin. I don't want to speak for Pillin, but I want to hear how he's going to answer a lot of this stuff. I'm glad that you came on here today to show the state where you stand on this stuff, because this is a big thing that concerns our state. It concerns Omaha. I mean, we're filming this thing, too, and we're in Omaha <laughs> this is important for this city oh, because if it goes down out west, you're not going to last too long out here. Yeah. I can tell you that either. I mean, it's well, just it's, the we're trip. all
1: in this together.
2: Yeah. It, I mean, this needs to be a statewide thing. The other thing, I don't want to forget this. At as, as Sire Buyer, you know, we do other things, but we're evolving as a company, and we're going to work really hard on messaging for the whole brand. We're going to ride for the cattle brand. Okay, and we need to start as a state movements. I know the hashtag movements are eye rolls for people, but they do work at times. If if we start pushing movements about Nebraska schools, Nebraska beef, and we get behind it to educate these people that these kids that you're sending to schools aren't really getting anything from around here and we're getting nailed on property taxes and the, and then the, the schools we're funding with all of our money are getting the product from somewhere else. I think the state needs to know that, you know? Absolutely. And it, where's the disclosure on that? Where's the disclosure? Like, we need to fight for disclosure about where this food's coming from. And not only in Nebraska are we raising beef, but we're raising other things. We're raising ho- hogs, chickens, apples, You know, I don't think we do oranges, but you know, we're raising a lot of stuff and they need, we need to, where are they getting that fruit? Where are we getting these vegetables? If there's a teacher with a gourd on her desk this fall, I want to know where that came from. (laughs) (laughs) You got to get, we got to get some sort of disclosure on some of this stuff because the Nebraska is an amazing state and we are raising a lot of stuff for the world. And that's good. We want to share our product out there. But we also want to make sure it's taking care of our own state and ourselves because, you know, you got to survive in this thing. And I know you know that. We've talked about some of these guys that we've been talking to on the road, and it's a similar way I have too, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it's, 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 it's hot. It's a hot subject, red hot. It, it,
1: it is extremely, and, and, and I hear it, and I'm listening, and we're going to have to take bold action to, to do these things. And I can tell you that as governor, we are going to do that to make sure that we protect Nebraska. We protect Nebraskans. We protect our number one uh, resource or economic driver in the state, which is beef. And we're going to do those things Mm -hmm. and it's going to take some action. I think sometimes having an an outsider come in to disrupt that is, is because you just don't know again, who is tied to what and you can Mm -hmm. connect some dots sometimes, but having an outside, uh, governor to come in and say you know what this isn't working for nebraska Mm -hmm. we're going to make sure our ranchers are and ranchers and producers are protected and we're going to do that uh not only in this this industry but across the board but it is it is by far and away the number one issue that i have heard about as i've traveled the state
2: Mm -hmm. another question i have too you know i don't know if we're we're all trying to figure all this out but the red tape rules you know, there's been a lot of processing plants that are trying to get going. There's, these farmers are saying they want to form a cooperative right now. I'll just tell you, here's the ground game. Here's the ground game. Yep. They're wanting to form a cooperative right now where there's packing houses every 100 to 200 miles. There's drive throughs You can go get your beef. So when COVID hits, we're not in trouble with the, you know, these three, four, the big four. You can go anywhere to go get your food, right? And it gives us competition in the marketplace to sell our product or cattle, Because right now there's none. They just tell us what it's going to be. And that's not fair. Because we have the best product in the world. That's where the USDA needs to be. But they're not there for some reason. I don't know why. And I know the NCBA is trying to fight for us to get there. But it just seems to be this back and forth thing going on but I think as a state we need to find out what laws are currently on the books right now to allow for these packing houses to go how do we get grants do we get state grants do we get federal grants to help some of these get kicked off okay and then I I think we need to know as a state what's doable and what's not doable to get that started you know there's a lot of people wanting to start those you know and, and as a consumer I raise cattle myself I want to send my cattle to them. And you're going to see when we start doing stuff like that, we can decide where our animals are going to go. I, I, I think we still have the, uh, a good chance at this. I, I mean, I love the big four. Feed the world, right? But it better be fair. It right. better be fair because it's people's livelihoods on the line here. You know, we I see these dispersals and all this stuff. These are tearful dispersals, yeah. They're not like. I hope one day when I disperse my herd, I mean it's Miller time, you know. I'll be in a good mood. (laughs) But there are people right now dispersing these animals, and it's not fun. No, and they don't want to be. And we need to save those guys, you know. And like as as neighbors to all these people, I know there's a habit in the farm world of like, oh yeah, I'll go buy their farm. That's too bad for you. Well, you're next, you know. And we need to work together to do those things. I think. Um, Brent it would be great if we could find out how to get these packing houses going because I keep hearing well there's all these rules that just limit they just can't get going they, they stop them there's inspection rules it just basically kills it right. it kills it from happening well red tape is certainly
1: one of those things and and uh, whatever we can do at the state level to eliminate that red tape to make sure that we have competition is one of those steps that we're definitely going to take and you know, whether or not we do it through tax incentives or tax credits, but there would be a, a place in the legislature and at the state level where we could get involved in some of those things through that process. Are
0: there some states maybe did, am I wrong by saying is Montana maybe passed something like that? Well, Why Wy- Wyoming did something
2: Wyoming? during and it, 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 it proved to everybody how well that their planning was because during COVID they were fine. Yeah, they were fine. And they, I think they have the packing house things. There's a county in Nebraska, um, I've been hearing about Shelby, and they're demanding that the schools in Shelby use the beef in the area to feed their schools, yep. right? right. And, and, and those are just things that we can be doing to, to ensure the survival of our neighbors and ourselves and Omaha and Lincoln. And uh, you know, those things are I think things that we need to be doing. And there are some state movements going on. To be honest with you, Brent, I would love Nebraska to lead the charge. We have Absolutely. three of the big four here, and we could be doing stuff as a state right now to take control of all this and I uh, um and, and, and start movements.
1: Yeah, and I think I think in the in the sense of state government, the sense of the governor stepping in and walking alongside these innovators. Just allow them to, because innovators will innovate, they will, they will determine their own fate in a lot of this. And if they're getting squeezed by outside sources or even government intervention or even red tape, mm-hmm. then we need to make sure that that is not the case and they're eliminating mm-hmm. it. And that's where the governor and, and policymakers can step in just to say, hey, you know, let's just get out of your way. Let you take control of your fate, work with your neighbors, work and create the co-ops, mm-hmm. pack whatever it might be. But just allow them to do it and innovate. Right. And people will do that. They always find a way. Nebraskans it, always find a way.
2: This going to have to come down to legislation at some point because yes. I'm here to tell you that, that there's things protecting these guys, the big four. There's not things protecting us. It's just funny how that's evolved.
0: Well, there's, a, there's those big four, there's a, they're the big four for a reason. There's a lot going on behind them.
2: No, there's no doubt
0: about it. We might get, we might have someone following us home. Here. That's that's <laughs> possible. And one, I don't know, Mike or Brent, if you know this, but talking about, you know, we're talking about the fake meat. Well, have you ever noticed the NCBA doesn't advertise against that? Yes, yeah. because they can't. Yeah, it's in the checkoff dollar. They're regulated to where they can't. And how irritated. Should that make a person? No, I totally agree. It's just, agree. just like, holy how do you, crap. how does that even? They're competing against us, but we can't advertise against them because we're paying to the fund for them to do it. It's like,
2: shoot it, me. If you don't want them to take over the food supply, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a huge we conflict of interest. Be, we have to be putting some things in motion here little by little. You don't take on these people overnight and I, I, I didn't even want to say the word take on we don't even want to take them on we just want stuff to be yeah, fair. fair yeah
0: right. absolutely you know a, le- a level playing
2: field. yeah and people get what they deserve for their product that they're creating yeah. you know and that's it that is it if we do that as a state we're winning we're maintaining and i think we could do some awesome stuff i really do
1: yeah it all comes down to making nebraska competitive and when you have the resources that we have and the workers that we have and the culture that we have, we can win. Mm -hmm. And this is the way to win Mm -hmm. from on a global scale.
0: Right. Right. Totally. I I totally agree. So, I mean, Brent, so, so we'll get, we'll get into your running for governor face here. What other issues, what do you see facing? I mean, what are some things that maybe you would like to touch on? What do you see kind of facing the state that we really need to kind of take hold of?
1: So kind of touch on three of the main, main things that we've, (laughs) the Issues that we kind of focus on, or what I've focused on over my time in the legislature, and what I see moving forward tax structure and tax reform is a huge deal, and that includes income, corporate, inheritance tax, uh, mm. pro- property tax, and then reform and education funding. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody across the state uh, is feeling too good about the property tax bill, no. and when your sales and income tax dollars are going to Lincoln and getting spread out to a smaller minority of school districts while you're watching your smaller community lose population, uh, you know, without a bank, a post office, uh, a school, it's hard for those towns to survive. Mm-hmm. And so that ties into economic development. And to me doing these things that we just talked about really do bring a lot of economic development to those communities. And so it's all, it all works together, but reforming the tax code, Step one, right in 2023, assuming office, we're going to do that in the first hundred days is take take bold action on reforming our tax code, which then ties into the uh, school funding and how we get that in a fair process and economic development to make sure communities can survive. And there are a whole host of things that we're doing, whether it's uh, workforce development, housing is a huge issue. Uh, You know, a bill that I just passed this last year that that if we have uh, some folks listening that have kids in sports that they're traveling around just those youth athletic sports complexes to make sure that there's access and outlets for kids to go mm-hmm. do something. Yeah. They all stack up and we didn't get here overnight and we've been in this tax code, the structure for since 1967 and to reform it, we're going to have to take some bold and big action, just like what we did, talked about. But we need to do these things in Nebraska. I'm, I'm tired of the studies. I'm tired of talking about it.
2: Mm-hmm. I'm tired
1: of, uh, sitting in the legislature and hearing hours and hours of testimony is why can't we do this, but it's going to take the executive branch and the governor to really take charge, lead this thing and make a difference all across the state. And that's why I'm in this race.
2: How hard is it to get a property tax relief or reform? How, how hard is that to get through? It's difficult
1: Else it would have been done by now.
2: Um, Why would
1: it make difficult? It really, so I can go in the details a little bit here. You have uh, 244 school districts in the state of Nebraska. And back in 1991, the legislature adopted a formula called TOSA, It basically stands for tax equalization. And it, as it's structured, it's needs minus resources. So where are your most needs? Well, typically they categorize that as population base. Omaha and Lincoln, uh, English as a second language, all these th- – poverty, all these things stack up into that formula. Well, what happens is you have – The 80 school districts out of the 244 are getting equalization aid, meaning the state steps in and pays out in the tune of about $1.2 billion towards those school districts. Well, again, going back to the fairness issue, you see valuations climbing at a substantial rate. Even the property tax credit relief fund, which we can touch on later, I don't think it's necessarily a thing that people are really excited about. If that's growing at single digits while your valuations are going up, by the way, you're population's going down. I'm not making money off uh, one of the steers. You have uh, your sales and income tax dollars are going away and never coming back. There's a lot of disconnect between how we fund education and it ties into the property tax issue. And unless we, the state steps up and does more of that funding and, in the, in the, you know, right now, Nebraska sits at 49th in the entire country from state funding. And there's a way to restructure how we have this tax pla- tax code set up. And if we reapply, readjust some of those things we can make a substantial dent in valuations and property tax across the state it's not just how to uh, attack that on that side but there's also the spending limits as well Mm -hmm. because if you can't let private sector keep up Mm -hmm. with the demands and the valuations that are clipping at a double digit rate how how do you expect those producers to even keep up or business owners so there has to be some limitations on how some of those government entities grow, the percentage of what they grow, state government needs to be kept in, in check, but then we really need to tackle the structure itself because right now there's a huge disconnect between rural Nebraska and urban Nebraska. Mm, and to huge. me, it all lies with the education yeah. issue.
0: Absolutely. So in that, when you were talking about taxes, inheritance tax, inheritance tax, that's the one that kind of hits, it's close to me because we're going through, you know, some things and, You know, um, yeah, you get uh, some of these families, I mean, they they build up their whole life and then generations. And then right now, some of the taxes, I mean, you're looking at some four- and five-generation families that just can't afford it. Oh, no. Yeah. And it's it's sold.
1: Well, and we're one of only a few states that even tax that. You know, this we're always, you know, Nebraska is unique <laughs> yeah, um, with, yeah, with the Unicam, where are we? Yeah, but we're, we're all over the board on a lot of these things. Yeah. And usually the, the best answer is the simplest answer. And that usually means just putting more money in the pockets of individuals. You know, you have the inheritance tax. Um, that is something I've signed on to, to mm-hmm. eliminate, and we're going to continue to pursue that to try to eliminate that. But that, that's just one piece of the, right. the problem. And we have and we've had t- tackled some of the things the last couple uh, couple of years. In particular, military retirement is now gone. We won't tax that. Uh, I passed the bill this last year to phase out the tax on Social Security income.
0: Oh, that so, hits home, too. Uh, <laughs> my wife's going to, yeah, tail t- <laughs> t- t- on our age. Yeah, she's just going to turn 62 here in a month. And, and we've been talking about, yeah, she's going to start taking out. I you honey, you better start taking it out now. You know, might not not, be there. You're not, you might not be there and you might not be here. So, you know,
1: yeah. And it's, and it's one of those things. And not only that, but you have outside influences like the federal government that are now proposing possible elimination of step up in cost basis would be extremely devastating to the state of Nebraska and talking about family farms and Mm -hmm. ranches. It it would kill us. And so, you know, as it's as a state, you know I believe in states' rights and making sure that the federal government is mandated and overstepping their bounds that we step in yeah. with the attorney general. We can get gun.
0: into a whole bucket well, of words and, with that, right? And now. sometimes
1: we're going to need to do those
0: things yeah, and take right. bold action to
1: protect <laughs> Nebraskans. And that's that's not only taking it on the state level of restructuring mm-hmm. this to make sure we're fair and competing. I mean, ultimately, this is this comes down to making sure Nebraska compete, on not only a national level but an international right. level. And that is what what we will be engaged in moving through this process and come January 2023.
0: Yeah, awesome. Yeah, because, I mean, we all know what happened with this. What happened yesterday when uh, the leader gets on TV and says he's running out of patience with us and he's going to mandate stuff, right? Well, you know, know, speaking of that
2: on like a federal level, though, but we have our own state issues too, but um, speaking of that mandate, you know, just to touch that a little bit, there were, they're, the U.S. government is suing the state of Texas right now for mandating something <laughs> based on science. Yeah. And then they're past, they're mandating now based on, you know, it's just that the stuff does not make sense. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's, it's just crazy. Yeah, we could. But, you know, on a state level, though, when we're talking about a Harrington tax, there's all these federal things coming through and everything. Who trumps who? <laughs> I mean, like, can't we pass stuff legislatively to protect our state?
1: we we can and we can go through the process of suing the federal government which yeah. we we will Would go through that process absolutely i mean <laughs> this is this is one of those things where yeah. this biden and putting this mandate i mean it's unconstitutional yeah absolutely and that's when the state steps up and said it down and out. I mean, you, I'm a big believer in states' rights. It's how our country was set up, and that's what that's why we have the country that we have. So when it comes down to federal overreach, yeah, the state the state needs to step up. But we and we have our own problems at the state level, right? right. We can address those, but we don't need the federal government to to exactly throw other wrenches yeah. in this whole whole endeavor. Exactly. Uh, and we'll do we'll do we'll take care of those
2: things. How much authority does a state have? Over the federal government.
1: Well, if they mandate something, not not mandate, but say the federal tax code, they can, again, it comes down to power and money. So if they're saying, hey, you know, Nebraska or any other state, do this, or else we're not going to supply you X or dollar mm-hmm. amounts, that's where they provide some of the leverage. Mm-hmm. The pushback that the state can have is working with states like South Dakota or Texas or Florida or some of these other states that are like-minded that say, hey, we want states' rights. This is where the governor and the attorney generals get together and, and pony mm-hmm. up and say, all right, mm-hmm. come at us.
2: Why I ask that is because I don't think on the federal level this processing thing is going to change much. Can't we pass stuff where it doesn't work in Nebraska, right? You know, you hear these laws these states pass that for like social media, they say, um, it, you, you know, Twitter's no longer allowed in our state, Twitter's no longer allowed in our country. Can't we do things where the, we have our own law? in the state of Nebraska, where the, pro, the the price fixing is not allowed here, right? That, you know, what can we do on a state level for um, even outside of the beef stuff? There's a lot of things that we might want to be doing as a state right now. I told you, you know, we were, you were talking about what your taglines might be. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, uh, build a wall around Nebraska. <laughs> because it's like, what are we going to do to protect our state? And it's like, protect Nebraska, right? Yeah. Um, preserve Nebraska, we have our own messes that we need to fix too, just like every state. But what can we do as a state to protect ourselves from a lot of this stuff coming through?
1: Well, unfortunately, the, there is an element of having the federal government that can determine a lot. And so as states, we can we can pass those bills. Um, a, a lot of things that we do, are, the federal government has left up to states' rights. Not everything, but if, well, what, enough, st- if enough states d- pass bills and do these things, I mean, ultimately, if you really want to go down the rabbit hole you you can talk about the uh, convention of the states i mean that's part of the constitution mm-hmm. and article five and, and if enough if enough states get together they can actually amend the u.s constitution or call for a convention of the states i right. mean it's a little bit harder road to go down but the founding father set that up to make sure that there were outlets there were there were certain it's
0: amazing how smart they, really they were, were back i
1: mean ver- really I mean, it's, I mean it's pretty amazing to, yeah. to know that they were thinking that far ahead i mean but humans don't change just circumstances and environments can change, but humans don't. And it's always, again, it's always looking through the prism of, okay, who the power and the money, where's it going and how this goes. I try to make my decisions based on how does this affect, say an example of me, me and my wife sitting around a kitchen table. We have three young kids, 10, eight, and five. How does this affect me? How does this affect families across the state? If you work from the bottom up, and think about how to, is this good or bad for that family? Is this good or bad for Nebraskans? You can make better policy decisions and better decisions as a whole instead of going, well, you know, the government can step in and fix it. Now we can walk alongside at times and eliminate certain things and red tape, but really it comes down to how can mom and dad in this case make the best decisions for their kids, whether it's right. education or providing opportunity to them or uh, explaining to them with you know, talk about the State Board of Education interfering with things. You know, those are the things that mom and dad should be making the decisions on, not government. And if you come from that angle on it, most things, we'll, we'll be okay.
0: Okay. Cool. Mike, is there anything else pressing you right now?
2: <laughs> no, that, I'm that just happy to different? be here with you yeah, guys, yeah. you know.
0: So, I needed to get some of this out. Yeah, well, good. <laughs> good. It's been and, bothering me. I hear about it a lot, yeah. you know. Well, I, that's, I, this is this is a great platform to get it out. And, and, and Brent, is there anything, I mean – I'm going to put this out there right now you're you got an open invitation to give us a call, come in if you want to put anything else out, uh, other issues you want to talk about between you know what what is what's, what's the timeline on the campaign? What's that look like? When when how's this all going down? So the
1: so we've been out for 7 weeks uh traveling stay but we'll have May of next year is the primary.
0: May of next year is the primary. Right.
1: And so if anyone wants to uh, just engage in a conversation or send us, you know, information mm-hmm. uh you can find us on Facebook okay. under just Brett Lindstrom, B-R-E-T-T-L-I-N-D-S-T-R-O-M, Okay. or Twitter, uh, votelindstrom.com. dot com, mm-hmm. and then I'm pretty easy to find on Google mm-hmm. <laughs> as well. Awesome. Just Google, but uh, yeah, any help, any support on that, uh, we we very much appreciate. And no, I'm excited. Every day is better than the last day, mm-hmm. and we're going to do good things and big things for Nebraska. Awesome,
0: awesome. Well, we really appreciate you coming coming in today and kind of laying some of this stuff out. So. Um, obviously, this podcast goes to more than just Nebraska, but it's, it's good for other states to hear. But I really, it's really great for the people in Nebraska to hear, kind of because this this is an important mm-hmm. election coming mm-hmm. up yeah. coming up for us because there's there's a lot of stuff uh, going on and people need people need to get involved yeah. uh, with and, and see what's see what's going to happen. So uh, yeah, I'd really admire your your uh your energy uh work ethic and and willingness to come in here and because uh, we didn't tell you what we were going to talk you just like <laughs> <laughs> let's go let's go let's, let's go, go. Let's, let's go let's do this so uh and i know you've got you got a packed schedule so you got a few more appointments to meet today so uh thanks so much for coming in today thank Great. you I, re- uh, I really
1: enjoyed uh spend time with you guys yeah, and yeah. it's always good to talk and yeah you know, anything I can do to, I just still have 60 days left in the legislature. So anything I can yeah. do to and that amazes you know, me, this is going yeah. to be a
0: term limits out and you're just 40 years old. <laughs> yeah. How's how quick.
2: How do we get something on the floor before your full blow campaign? I mean, can we do anything? Oh yeah. in yeah. January. Good. Yeah. We'll, we'll be rolling out a few
1: things. You know, I think, um, strategically what, what makes sense to me is anticipating, you know, being successful in this, mm-hmm. this journey and, and, we can lay some groundwork here in this last session anyway to make sure that we're rolling in. Cause it's, it's not, we, again, time is of the essence. Right. I mean, there's a lot of urgency to do this. This isn't, we can just sit back, talk about it anymore and wait yeah. and come up with ideas. It's, it's action. And so the faster we can get right. fixing these things, the better it is for everybody. And that's why we got to make sure that we have this rolled out uh, ASAP.
0: Perfect. Um, perfect. So anybody listening want to, um, get a hold of Brent or see me you know obviously it's Brent Lindstrom on Facebook yep and uh what's your website again Brent uh votelindstrom.com votelindstrom.com so i encourage everybody to go there <laughs> like check that, that out <laughs> any questions uh i can tell you firsthand he's more than willing to sit down talk to you on the phone or or, or do whatever but uh, folks get involved if you have anything you know get involved uh don't just sit on the sidelines uh these are important times in Nebraska and in the whole nation so uh, Thanks again, everybody, for listening to The Bullpen, and uh, we'll catch you next time.
2: A Huda Media Production.